Welcome to Joint Effort with Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. This podcast covers the pain and injuries that are associated with muscles, ligaments, and joints. Welcome to another episode of Joint Effort uh, provided by uh, uh, Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. I'm your host, Jason Sullivan. This is the first one we have going on in the new year, 2022. Uh, we have Brian Haupts, our senior medical provider in our urgent injury clinic at our West Des Moines office. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's a topic that I've been trying to get to, honestly, since we started this because it's so pertinent to uh, you know what we do here. And you've been, I think, here for six or seven years yeah, now? Yeah, coming up on seven years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing amount of dedication you've had to DMOS, and I know that you're – your specialization in orthopedics and your background has really set up our urgent injury to be streamlined, efficient, and provide appropriate care for our patients. So uh, just to, first of all, thank you for doing that over the yeah, last seven years. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. And uh, I'd like to get into a little bit of your background and kind of what led you down this path. So uh, tell our audience kind of where you went for undergrad. Sure. Um, I graduated from Buena Vista College. Uh, I grew up in Manson, Iowa. I was a farm kid uh, by, by trade. Yeah. Um, so that... Uh, got to college and uh, played some football and uh, of course the first year get got banged up a little bit and next thing I know I'm in the training room so uh, I have to figure out if I'm gonna be in the training room I might as well learn something yeah um, and then uh, that path kind of took me down toward uh, athletic training uh, curriculum and uh, ended up going on doing a master's in athletic training at Indiana University so for that year were you with all their their programs, I was, football, well, and things like that. I was actually assigned uh, kind of as a GA with their wrestling team. Oh, wow. And uh, so we, we were kind of fixed. They, we had, of course, trainers for football, et cetera, but mm-hmm. I was in charge of wrestling and, okay. and traveled with them and things like that. And They always uh, lost to Iowa, I'm guessing. Uh, the, yeah, we never did beat Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> no one really does no, back then, at least. That, no, that was Dan Gable era. So okay. this was back in, in 91. Wow. And, of course, they were in their powerhouse. Um, but but uh, I remember the, the second day I was on campus, uh, I'm in the Indiana and I'm in the assembly hall and I, I'm young, green, I walk around the corner and hear this big guy runs into me and, and I literally kind of stag back, I look up and it was Bobby Knight. Really? Yeah. And so is he a big is he a big statured guy? Yeah, he's about six seven if I were, at least he seemed six seven when oh, I wow. looked up and, and he's just kind of an intimidating uh, figure. Right. And, and I just said, excuse me. And, and I had a, another little a quick story about, about that. One of our wrestlers, after practice, um, he decides to cut across. To the the uh, wrestling room was right uh, adjacent to the uh, basketball court. Okay. And they have curtains. That's closed practice. And uh, this wrestler w- had a tough, long day, and he, he opens up the curtains and walks across, and all of a sudden it's Across dead. the basketball court? Across the basketball court. While, That's a problem. While there's practice. <laughs> and across the, the gym, there's this blood-curdling scream you know what are you doing yeah. on my court and it was, of course it was night followed by a, a folding chair or yeah, something well like that, or? <laughs> this kid just took off he just he yeah. didn't he didn't stick around right. to, to hear the rest <laughs> he just heard it and got out of yeah. there yeah oh, but that funny. was a good experience uh, that was back in the peak of their prowess i think yeah. it was a basketball program at yeah least. they actually won it uh, that year um uh, that i was there so okay. yeah yeah very they, cool yeah did you end up going on to doing some trainer work for I, I did for a and, while yeah I came back after grad school and um, uh, joined a, a therapy c- a clinic um, and I was a head trainer at Simpson College okay and covered all the sports down there um, for a period of time and taught uh, kinesiology and athletic training courses down there so awesome yeah. at, at Simpson at Simpson oh yeah. that's great yeah so 
uh, did some college instructing there as well. How did you end up going to PA school at DMU then? Yeah, How good question. Get... Um, I actually uh, got to know a, a, a physician assistant at the VA clinic mm-hmm. um, who uh, was just just really an, an inspiring guy. Uh, what he did and and the, what the things he was doing and and how he's helping people and his involvement with surgery and I'm like this is my next step right yeah you know I've got to get a little higher up in the food chain I, I felt I really enjoyed what I was doing as an athletic sure. trainer but um, you can like, parlay that into more yeah. experience and, and yeah. even do more patient care related activities yeah it was definitely a, a transition to the ability to improve your skills your knowledge um, so it was a great fit so he he was kind of inspiring and so I went on and uh, uh, got into Des Moines University Awesome. So, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you on faculty still there? I am. Yeah, I've been on there for uh, probably over 10 years now. Uh, I teach uh, the orthopedic sections to uh, the PA program, yep. um, radiology sections, pediatrics, trauma. Um, so it's got to be kind of fun for yeah, you. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy that. Uh, Two of my PAs over the last eight years have been like, oh. Uh, Brian signaled me out and thought I because I was going to ortho I knew what I and he asked me a question I'd have no idea and I'm like I think he's probably a little more dialed in than the average you know PA instructor on MSK stuff I'm like you're all right you have time yeah but, yeah uh, they're always embarrassed because they say that you you know you, you can kind of you know the ones that are interested in ortho and you take a special interest in kind of guiding them to where they go and things yeah, like that yeah I appreciate that yeah it's it's been fun I take on a lot of PA students and, and uh, family practice residents as well they they come through and as just as you uh host a lot of those and preceptor a lot of those so still involved with dm university quite a bit and then uh and of course the curriculum not just the didactic portion yeah but that's fantastic i mean they need leaders like you to kind of help the next generation well likewise uh very instrumental as well um so tell me you know the the uic at demos has been here for just about as long as you've been here more or less Uh, yeah I don't want to call it your baby, but it is you're one of the people that has helped foster the growth of that center. So what what is, you know, our place is called a UIC, but what is an, you know, an urgent injury center? What what does that mean to you? Well, yeah, it, it was created uh, really some good, uh, just some good foresight by, by the, some of the surgeons here uh, that, that saw the model in other uh, areas and, and, and saw the need. There was really a, a big need for public access to orthopedics. Um, you know, folks can go to the ER, they can go to other uh, urgent, inj- or I'm sorry, urgent uh, care clinics, and there's really no subspecialization there. And so they saw a need for getting patients in sooner. Uh, they used to have a, and they still do, of course, we have an on-call physician. Um, and so it, it really, really freed up that on-call physician to, uh, to, to deal with more of the, the urgent uh, cases. We, we created a a, a really large volume of patients at this point through word of mouth, uh, through referral basis. The word kind of got out that we were specializing in orthopedics. Um, we weren't focusing on sore throats. We weren't focusing on belly pain, right. et cetera. We, we could have dedicated providers with orthopedic experience um, that would be able to evaluate and assess, not have to wait around for a radiology read, we could have immediate access to, to surgeons like yourself that can give us uh, additional consultation and get those folks into the system and be able to treat their, their injuries instead of having to wait three, four days or maybe even a week or longer to be seen, they had immediate answer. And, and that was the you know, wonderful foresight that, that a lot of your, you know, the partners yeah. had. I know previous system was 
in office call guy and when when someone called in and a provider said hey can i need this person seen today in the middle of a clinic that's scheduled that can be a dissatisfier for your patients that are already yeah. scheduled and not that we don't make exceptions all the right, time to right. that uh, but if you can get the same amount of care disrupt less people uh and get them plugged in the system and get the ball rolling it's an amazing uh, yeah. tool uh, but it's not only about getting the ball rolling on maybe uh, an injury to the knee where someone needs an MRI, but there are some times where you you take the patient from being there to the completion of their treatment, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we, we, we probably are seeing um, probably t- uh, 15 to 20% of our patients uh, have fractures. And so those are situations that, you know, you just can't wait around. Um, and, and so we are able to get folks seen immediately uh, orthopedic. In fact, the you know, right uh, before I came, uh, situations where you know I was I was just on the phone uh, speaking with one of our surgeons about a case, mm-hmm. and so these are these are folks that you can't wait around. What's the average wait time? You guys see, just ballpark. Uh, that, uh, depends on the, on the on the day, and that's a good good point that um, we're we're trying to get folks in within within thirty minutes to be okay. seen by a provider. Yep. Now there are times of the day where where you know, it's might be a little bit longer. We have predictably areas of peak uh, occurrence where folks come in and like say, for example, Monday morning, everything's kind of uh, compressed over the weekend mm-hmm. and then we tend to have higher volumes in that time. But most of the time you're looking at about a 30 minute wait and probably out the door within an hour. Do we have a way of, is there a way of a patient can check that ahead of time? Is yeah. there a tracker? Yeah, we do. Uh, if you go on the website. I knew we had it, I just didn't know if it was still. It is, yeah, it's, okay. it's a really nice model. And you can see uh, up-to-date uh, clinic times. Now, we, we've expanded now up into Ankeny, mm-hmm. and so we've got wait time for Des Moines and as well as Ankeny. So okay. you can look look online, and we've, we've had patients, I've looked them, I see you're from Ankeny. Do you know we have a clinic up there? Well, the wait time was too long. You're kidding. No, no, okay. I've, I've had folks who have done that and right. vice versa. Right. So uh, aside from word of mouth, mm-hmm. are you – are there certain providers, offices that know they just call you directly and say, "I have this," and and you fac- it's more or less concierge way of facilitating the problem for them? Is that yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, we we also have had, we go by access center as well, and so a lot of the the uh, primary care physicians utilize this uh, that access of their patients to get into a specialist, mm-hmm. and they know that that we are kind of sometimes that front door because they may call your office up and and. And again, you, you might be booked out for two weeks before you can actually see that patient. But yet, now that patient can get in, they can be evaluated, they can get appropriate workup. Maybe if an MRI is appropriate or needed, uh, they can get started with that. And by the time they see you, um, pretty much everything's teed up. And now you can sit down and really focus on, okay, hey, what's our what's our end game treatment sure. plan here? Instead of you know waiting a week or so, and then you see the provider and the provider's like, hey, we need an MRI. You mm-hmm. would know that as well. Mm-hmm. You could have seen them point of, you know, within an hour or two of their injury. Yeah. You can order their MRI, get it authorized, get it scheduled. Mm-hmm. And then when, when the doc has all that in front of them, it's a one-time clinic visit with yeah. a decision on what to do as opposed to spending, you know, two well, or three visits, yeah. you know. And the cost, the cost is huge. You know, uh, you look at the average ER cost compared to, to what an urgent injury clinic Do we have costs. data on that? Do we know? Yeah, well, there is. There's metrics uh, that have been done. In fact, I was just looking at, at some studies. Um, in, there was a study done in Florida um, looking at their system, and their average ER visit was $2,400 for the same services. 
um, and our visit for you know cutting down a third or a fourth or easily yeah yeah Um, you know again I don't know uh, if if give numbers but you know my uh, one of my family members had an X-ray and a visit here four hundred dollars and insurance to care so copays are typically less um, and again your average wait time has to be oh. Dramatically, right now, though. Yeah, I just I spoke with an ER physician about two weeks ago. He would just gotten off a shift, and he said, "Yeah, average wait times are six hours right now." Mm-hmm. I and think one of the un unintended benefits uh, that people probably don't realize is that when you go into an ER, people that go to an ER are pretty can be in pretty rough shape, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they can have respiratory illnesses. They can have all these other things. Yeah, you come to the UIC. Presumably, or at least two years ago, right? Yeah. No one really worried about the common the cold sick, that was yeah. going on or whatever. But presumably, you have a healthy population that has an isolated problem. Mm-hmm. So it's almost self-protective in that respect. Absolutely, yeah. You diminish your risk of, of uh, infection uh, rate because, yeah, you like you said, people are coming to the ER because they're for for a buffet of reasons, whether whether it's a respiratory illness or, or GI. Yeah. So, yeah, it, the less you can expose yourself in this environment, the better. It's interesting. You know, it's, it, it used to be everything just went to the ER. Mm-hmm. is this big catch net. And then you had these pop-up urgent care centers mm-hmm. everywhere. And, and you have a doc, uh, you know, that staffs it and does a great job triaging a million things. But it's very hard to be an expert in a million different things. You can tell what's yeah. ac- acutely a problem and how to manage most things and right. do a great job at it. But to actually, you know, provide expertise at that visit and progress someone's uh, care. Um, and I know there are some urgent care centers with docs that can do that yeah. in, in town. They do a phenomenal job. Sure. But just knowing that this is all, all we do. orthopedic, this is all you do all day long. Right, right. Yeah, and like any, any other profession uh, in this world, if, if you do something enough, you, you're going to get good at it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're at. I've, I've been doing it for over 20 years. And um, uh, one of my partners, Charlie Graham, has also been doing it for close to 15 years. Uh, we have other dedicated providers that are outstanding as well that, that are just very skilled. And, uh, again, with the consultation, we, we have such a wonderful resource. Um, my phone is, is loaded, my yeah. uh, phone book. So I, right. can, I have access to 30 specialists. So if there's right anything there. that stumps you, you're walking across the hall or downstairs yeah. and you have a, an eye on it in five minutes and yeah. it's, it's a done it, deal. It, it, it's, an, it's, it's an incredibly efficient process and it's such an asset for the patients yeah. where they can have one stop. You know, And a lot of folks said, well, why didn't I just come here the first time? Um, so it, it cuts down on costs if you can go directly to that the, the area of, of yep. uh, uh, expertise the first time. The other thing we have access to other things, whether it's it's digital X-rays, um, ultrasound, MRIs. Now MRIs, you, you know, that's not something you're going to get that first day, and, and hopefully people don't. It's anticipate a hard thing that. to comprehend, don't you think? It is. It's it's like driving up to uh, to Burger King. You know, can I'll, I'll take uh, you know a splint and an MRI on the side. It just can't, doesn't work that you way. You just can't have it, right? No, no. It, I would say, and I don't know if this is your observation, but I think it's getting increasingly more difficult to get uh, MRIs uh, in a streamlined fashion just because the authorization process is getting more stringent. Yeah. And it's a hard thing for patients to understand. We're trying as hard as we possibly can. And there are some that can be statted and their mm-hmm. insurance agencies are responsible right away. And then there are some that say, hey, so we have seven to ten days to... Yeah process this and um, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes into getting MRI authorized that not many people realize and uh, if we had the secret sauce to just pushing everything through we of course would. No and DMOS has a dedicated team that 
the, you know, that's focused on getting that authorization mm -hmm. accomplished. So and that's been a huge asset too. Yeah, that's uh, been and, a big change in the last couple of years, I yeah, would say. And, and that's the nice thing is we are just, we're one part of the whole picture. Um, so we've got, you know, we've got physical therapy department that we work with that I'm in consultation with on different patients. They'll come over and talk to me about questions. We've already talked about just the, the access to our, our surgeons is incredible. Yeah. And then, um, you know, having having uh, DMEs readily available. So a lot of times folks will come in and, and you know, other clinics just don't maybe have quite the resources in terms of the right splinting the right or casting. Or yeah, right. yeah. So we're able to apply the right thing to the right, uh, right condition. Tell me about follow-up care. So, it, let's say you, someone uh, had a non-contact injury to their knee. You suspect an ACL tear. Mm -hmm. Standard of care is probably to get an MRI to further define the injury. Yeah. Um, are you following up and, and, and calling them and saying, hey, here's here's what we, we're seeing and here's who I'm going to get you in with next? Is that how, the, how that next we, step yeah, goes? Yeah, we try to do that right right the, all the same day okay. so that, that you leave there knowing, hey, this is this is the um, working diagnosis. Yep. Um, you know, we've got a mechanism. We've, we've got a, an exam um, consistent with this, this injury. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to have a plan before they, they leave. Now, the, they'll know they'll have an MRI, and they'll, they'll know who they're going to follow up with. Patients can always follow up with whatever surgeon they want. Um, and that's, that's a nice thing is we don't ever uh, direct anybody unless, uh, unless there's, there's an open situation. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if you've worked with a doctor and you, you enjoy that doctor, we always send you back in that direction that you want to go. Uh, but yeah, they'll have a plan before they go. I know I send a lot of patients there, especially on the weekends mm -hmm. when, even if I'm out of town and I don't have the ability to, to mm -hmm. lay eyes on the patient, yeah. um, I'll let them know that we have Saturday hours, yeah. um, eight to noon still. That's correct. Yep, eight to noon, uh, both uh, for An uh, Ankeny and Des Moines on Saturdays, and then uh, Ankeny runs a little bit different. They actually will start at seven a.m. and run till three. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And so they'll shut down at 3, and then uh, we start at 10 a.m., and then we'll run till 6. So there's some overlap the coverage, yeah. Yeah. stuff like that. And then Fridays, uh, we're closed at 5. So. Okay. But, yeah, so and then Sundays, we, we have the day off, so on that. Some days, I guess, you're probably moving pretty fast, and you're seeing a bunch of people, and then I'm guessing some other days are slower Any, than others. But. Well, anymore, it's pretty consistent. Is there's, it? There's, uh, you know, the clinic has grown, and, and like you talked about, when we first started, it takes a while to, to get a clinic established. Um, there was there was a talk at one point to, to close a clinic uh, that first year before I got there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we started in uh, 2013. Okay. And then uh, there was, yeah, it just wasn't quite getting off the ground a little bit. And then, uh, you know, there was another provider and myself that um, from that point, uh, things kind of took off and yep. accelerated rapidly. And I think, you know, we just tried to do a good job with folks, um, try to provide the care that they're looking for. and. Um, you know, if I think if you do that, things fall into place. Well, you have to be. People enjoy seeing someone who's excited about why they're yeah. there, not because you're excited in their injury, but you're excited about the expertise you can bring to their situation. Yeah. You know, I call it value added, right? Yeah. So, if someone's just punching the clock and seeing patients, and you know, it, uh, it takes a fire starter a little bit with with newer ventures, um, and you being one of them. So, um, you know, I think you know your skill and your attitude you have to have both of those up there or else yeah. it's not going to work you have to have some level of confidence uh yeah. and some level of experience to fall back on right absolutely. Um, yeah absolutely I, I you know the first 10 years of my career i was spent in orthopedic surgery mm -hmm. um so obviously those th that experience working with surgeons uh during that interval and 
um, has just obviously been a, a tremendous foundation to, to be able to use that in this uh, scenario now. So, Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the procedures you can do up there. You mentioned ultrasound. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you use that for uh, both diagnostic and maybe even some you know, therapeutic injections and things like yeah, that? Yeah, uh, the foundation of uh, ultrasound um, I use it for is mostly injections, okay. uh, especially the small joints uh, and, and some soft tissue. Um, it, to me, it improves the efficiency or the uh, efficacy of the uh, injection. Uh, I know I can watch that medicine go in. I can see it's delivered. So there's no guesswork. Um, so that that's both reaffirming to me as well as a patient. Do you uh, find the patients actually? Oh yeah, they like they like that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, even even simple things like a trigger finger. Um, and then some people would say, "Oh, you don't need ultrasound for trigger." Well, you don't. But I sure know exactly where I'm at. And right. I've actually learned some things on ultrasound that just the depth that I was going previously, mm -hmm. and I can actually see that I'm not going in the tendon and I'm staying away from neurovascular structures. Mm -hmm. So from a safety and an efficacy standpoint, I, th I, I really, really enjoy yeah. ultrasound. Um, You're doing so, those every day then, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I more do. More or less. Um, yeah. Um, I also do aspirations. So uh, I've had, like for example, shoulder that, that was suspected a primary care physician sent a shoulder over that they thought was infected, uh -huh. put an ultrasound on, and yeah, absolutely. I can see a, a pocket of fluid, and I was able to direct without having to fish. Whoops. But you know uh, where you're going. Yeah. You're, you're then the joint or you're not, which is huge information yeah. when it comes to an infection. Yeah, obviously. and this was a you know isolated uh, area of fluid that was very localized, and I was able to guide the needle in, and, and guess what? And it was, of course, it was infected. Um, so yeah, I use a and then some diagnostic. Diagnostics takes years and, and special training and. So I'll use it for certain situations. I've had um, septic hip and kid where you could see the fluid collection. Have you really? Um, Achilles tendon tears or another. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know you've come down and shown me a few of those. You're like, hey, look at this. And you, yeah. it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, you know? right. And, and, you know, not only do you have the diagnosis, but you also, if it's good enough imaging and, can, you know, definitive enough, you save them an MRI. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is also another cost they don't need. It, correct, yeah. So so I really like, and of course, you know, you, you know you're, uh, you've taught me a lot of things about ultrasound, and, and uh, it can be very valuable. Um, just you have an immediate answer. Um, you, you can clearly define uh, some of your some of your pathways and which, which you're going to go with the patient. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it gets me thinking, tell me, so ultrasound, when I got here, we had, we didn't have any, and we slowly kind of evolved, and, mm -hmm. and now we have all our providers, I think, to some extent, skilled at administering injections yeah. with, under ultrasound. But, so it gets me thinking about it, the evolution of, you know, orthopedics in general, like mm -hmm. 20 years ago versus today, is it crazy how different it is to you, or is it like... I mean, you know, you hear the guys talk about the, the 70s and 80s when an ACL, you, you stayed yeah. in the hospital casted. for five days casted, right? <laughs> uh, now you're talking about aspirating a three-year-old's hip under ultrasound at a, you know, urge injury or four-year-old yeah. and getting fluid. And, you know, it's amazing. I mean, have, right. are there any drastic changes that you can point upon that, that have been streamlined as a result of? I think, you know, those tools, just like, you know, the... the the equipment and the prosthesis and the, and the things that you guys can use in surgery, there's always that evolution that improves healthcare. So the diagnostics is also part of that uh, of that trend forward. Um, but yeah, the things that we did, uh, I, I, I look back at the surgery we were doing with, with, the, with the, uh, uh, the open bank carts and how, how we struggled and how mm -hmm. arthroscopy has changed orthopedics so much. And, 
Are you reducing uh, dislocations yeah. up in the UIC? Yeah, yeah, that those come in as well. Um, so yes, we. Uh, so like you, will you put a, a shoulder back mm-hmm. in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <coughs> you could do that with essentially some local. Is that right? Yeah, you, uh, local or or not uh, not at all. Um, if you can get a patient to relax enough, and, and if it's a, a fairly acute situation, yeah, you can get them in without local, um, and that's very very um, reliable to to do that. So yes, dislocations, fracture reductions, we do a lot of that. Are there some fracture reductions that, or I guess what percent would you say you can handle versus you got to send for sedation to the ER? Um, <coughs> I would say probably 60% of the fractures that come in, maybe 70% we can reduce. Wow. And, and, yeah. Hematoma block? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No if, if we get them within 24 hours, you can get a fairly accurate hematoma block. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they tolerate it. They're, they're sitting right there and they do yeah. just fine. And we do have uh, fluoroscopic uh, guidance uh, as well for a lot of these fractures that we can utilize. Do you have a mini CRM or a large CRM up there? Uh, th- we have a large CRM. Okay. Um, and if it's available, that, that's not always available to us yep. um, uh, because uh, our uh, IP clinic often has had that time. But if up. you really need it in a pinch, they can always wait 20, 30 yeah. minutes to get it and if it's valuable to them. Right, right. Again, if there's certain cases where you really want to have that direct uh, feedback, otherwise we'll take an x-ray and, and if we need to do it, we can, a little less efficient, but it certainly works out fine. Sure. So in regards to, so you're doing a lot of procedures in the hand as well, it sounds like. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, with injections and, uh, you know, uh, the... Um, uh, of course, with fractures, uh, those are types of things we're doing. Um, but yeah, if there's anything that that goes beyond the scope, we're, we're we know our limitations. Mm-hmm. We we which uh, is very important, absolutely. obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we set an age limit there simply from a safety profile standpoint. Yeah, there's three uh, three year olds and up, um, and so that's the, any anybody that's under that gap is going to going to be asked to to either you know go a different direction, whether it's ER or, or PCP. Um, or they, they can get um, an appointment with one of our, our surgeons. But, yeah, urgent injury is limited to, to three-year-olds. Okay. So. And I know that uh, I, I've been impressed with the evolution over just seven years because you've come, you've come down to my clinic, you know, every one of those seven years on a weekly basis with some – there are some crazy things that come in, some crazy orthopedic things that some people have never even seen in the building. But, you know, if you, if you take, you know, 24 – you know, surgeons with your team upstairs, you combine all that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can't sort it out, uh, yeah. it's it's a really obscure problem. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think people should feel safe in coming here and knowing that the specialization of care they're going to get and, and how things are streamlined, um, which you just don't get. Uh, and right now we live in a society where people want things on the finger, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. and I honestly don't blame them. I mean, we want the same in our own lives and yeah. efficiency is, you know, Proper care is the paramount, but efficiency is, is right behind it, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, you, you don't want to wait around for for that um, to just sit there and not have any kind of uh, care, or you want to go to the right spot the first time. And and I think that's that's a big advantage. Is people really appreciate getting a getting a dedicated. Hey, this this these people know what they're doing, and that that's been a big asset for us. And honestly, we really didn't market urgent injury clinic for probably a five, six year period. It's just um, kind of a grassroots it, it, movement. It, it was, it was word of mouth. Um, and you know, it got word got back to the, their primary care mm-hmm. physicians, word of mouth. And we, we really steadily grew just, just on that yeah. alone, that principle. So, 
Well, it's been an amazing addition to DMOS. I mean, it's basically a cent. It is it is part of DMOS now. It's part of what we do, yeah. and I think it's helped us uh, expand our reach to a greater volume of patients and actually help with their care being more efficient. So, thank you for what you do, and thanks You're for welcome. coming on today. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Joint Effort, a podcast from Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. If you have questions about this podcast and wish to schedule an appointment with the surgeon, call 515-224-1414 or visit dmos.com.